Community Ethics Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus, who holds us all in the midst of this pandemic and uncertainty. Our true Commander-in-Chief is fully sovereign and wise, even as our current state and national leaders attempt to negotiate this unknown space. We trust in Jesus first, and we take heed the guidance that our political leaders offer, knowing that our final and trustworthy hope lies in a new creation, free from viruses and diseases. Resurrected from the dead, Jesus is the first fruit of this new creation. Amen. Let's read James 2, 14-26 together, if you have your Bible nearby. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I by my works will show you my faith. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you senseless person, that faith apart from works is barren? Was not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was brought to completion by the works. Thus, the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works? when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another road. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. Amen. COVID-19 has changed our lives in ways that may last much longer than we expect. Job loss, economic slowdown, and increasing the national debt are all immediate effects. But what will the ripples be over the next 10, 20, 50, or even 100 years? We don't know. While many things in Morgan, Vivi, and I's lives have changed, some things have remained consistent. We have been able to begin our spring planting this past week with several hundred acres of corn and soybeans in the ground. My second semester of seminary is coming to a close with my final paper, due on May 4th. Our text this morning comes directly from my current class, Strange New World of the Bible 2, or what I like to call New Testament Studies 1. I have only been able to take one course per semester for fall and spring because of all of the other things going on. I have more than enough reading and writing to do, and I don't want my education to take too much time away from my family which can be a difficult balance to maintain. My pastor's application is still available to churches throughout MCUSA, and a few have called to chat, but in light of COVID-19 uncertainty, 
Little has come from this interest. Morgan and I are still attempting to discern where God is leading us in all of this. Yet even with these consistencies, or at least things that have not been drastically altered, our lives have changed. Our families only get to see Vivi from a distance or through video chat, which is difficult for our parents especially. We don't often realize how important physical touch is until we are supposed to stay six feet apart. Isolation comes with its positives and negatives. We have additional time to reflect, to slow down, to think more deeply about our present condition when life before COVID-19 kept us busy and distracted from those ideas and thoughts lingering underneath. Morgan and I have been refreshed by the routine that we have developed in our evenings, which go uninterrupted by gatherings, meetings, events, and visits. At the same time, the monotony can get to us. But what I have noticed, and maybe some of you have as well, is how little before COVID-19 we considered community ethics. We often live our lives in a live and let live fashion, allowing others to do what they need to, however they need to, as long as it does not hinder our ability to do what we need to, however we need to. But in light of an infectious disease, this kind of ethic is no longer tolerable, which brings us to James 2. Faith matters. Belief and trust in Jesus matter. But so do actions. In the first century, James might be responding to a group within the early church who have taken faith alone to the extreme. They might claim that forgiveness through Jesus and their faith in Jesus make anything they do or anything they don't do permissible. However, James deeply disagrees. In light of COVID-19, we can no longer allow people to do whatever they want as long as it does not immediately affect us. Because a much more imminent threat does not allow for any actions to not have long-lasting effects anymore. Things as simple as going to a restaurant, seeing a movie, going to the restroom, or getting groceries now carry many more communal consequences, even sickness and death. No longer can I say to someone else, you do you, because I can work as hard as I want to social distance and limit my activities, but a simple choice from a neighbor or friend can affect them and me as well, without me even realizing. And so, our actions matter. Now, more than ever. I am not trying to speak doom and gloom, nor am I saying that we should begin stopping every person driving down the road, asking them where they're going and where they're coming from. But I also understand the genuine concerns of political and community leaders in keeping the community as much as the individual safe. And as much as we Americans hate to admit it, our individual actions have communal consequences. Therefore, we think deeply about our actions as first century Christians did in their attempt to follow Jesus. Jesus somehow had fulfilled all of the requirements of the Torah and opened a pathway for Jew and Gentile to be reconciled as family. Jesus' sacrifice cleansed all people from the stain of sin and death, 
calling them to similar sacrifice and freeing them to live that sacrifice out daily in ways that reflected his teaching and his actions. The faithfulness of Jesus was augmented and proven in his teaching and his actions, giving us an example, which is exactly what James is talking about. Look at the examples that James gave his audience in verses 15, 21, and 25. The poor are his first example, giving his audience the opportunity to react differently than they had previously. Just before this passage, James has told them that playing favorites between rich and poor is not allowed in the family of God. With that then, responding to the needs of our brother or sister in action, not merely words, is vitally important to our community health and well-being. How could we respond to the most vulnerable in our community in light of COVID-19, especially those who are unemployed, those whose health is compromised, and those in high-risk professions? At the political level, how have our state and federal governments responded in ways that show favoritism to certain groups because of status? Or even, how have policies missed the most vulnerable? James's next two examples, Abraham and Rahab, are examples of Jew and Gentile, a reminder to the community that even before Jesus came, God's people were more expansive than they let on. Rahab, one of the most vulnerable in Jericho, responded to the people of God in faith, seeing that God had given them victory and acting subversively toward those around her who would have disagreed with her actions. Abraham believed God even to the point of action against his son Isaac, one of the heirs that would bring about God's promise of a great nation. And so, faith or belief or intellectual assent or whatever we want, want to call it must find its fulfillment in action, in behavior, in choice, in ethic. After all, our hope lies in the present and future action of our God, who will one day fully transform our world and our bodies into the new and redeemed world that she, possibly, that God had always envisioned from the beginning. In the meantime, we act. We think deeply about how our faith shapes the way that we respond to COVID-19 today but we continue to engage with each present reality, asking how the love that transforms us will continue to empower us to transform our world. Maybe faith finds its life in paying a neighbor's electricity, water, or garbage bill, or even a mortgage payment. Or maybe faith leads to life in making a phone call typing an email, writing a letter, or sending a text to those you might normally interact with at church or work. Or maybe faith finds life in taking a much needed nap, reading a new book, or walking up and down the street, keeping distance, of course, from others. Or quite possibly, lively faith looks like making cookies with your children, 
trying a new recipe with your spouse, or playing a new game with your parents. Our actions reflect our faith, our thinking, our worldview. During this pandemic, is your faith, the faith that you claim, dead or alive?